0: Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Love Rules. Today's message Becoming What We Behold. Our text is 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, the 18th verse. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with an ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. I'm just beginning to learn more details about my father's theology. He was a minister, you know, and he died when I was 12, and we never talked much. I was too young. But the more I read through my father's sermons, the more I believe I have inherited his theology on grace, that my notion of grace was not only based on my own experience, but was somehow passed down from generation to generation from my father. And that's not just wishful thinking. New research concludes that genes from your father are more dominant than those inherited from your mother. Now, this means that even though we inherit an equal amount of DNA from each parent, the paternal line is mostly found to govern how a person develops into an adult, particularly in regards to health. In a community of single mothers, this is vitally important, and it's not just about, you know, talking about absent fathers – but it is about knowing how important fathers are. So I talk to my community all the time about making sure your children know and have relationship with their fathers. This new research is critical in our understanding of childhood development, but just as important are those qualities that are passed in person. Modeling, imitation, be it of daddy or mama, is vital for a child's growth. By copying adults during that first year, -year one-year-olds learn an incredible array of skills. In other words, they become what they observe. You see, it's not just about mimicry that comes from observation, it's about bonding. Children imitate what they are drawn to, what they like and admire. So when they see something in their parents, they want to do it too because they love their parents. And that truth is not only significant in the physical realm, I would argue it's even more relevant in the spiritual realm. That is what this portion of the Apostle Paul's second letter to the Corinthians is all about. We all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Just as a child becomes what he's exposed to, what he is drawn to, the Apostle Paul teaches that we become what we behold in God. Now, let me put this in context. There are many problems in the Corinthian church. There's some moral issues and some petty divisions, and if that's not bad enough, Paul also has to defend his own ministry against some false teachers. So in this letter, the Apostle reviews who he serves, and most importantly, the power of the one he serves. It is by God's power through Jesus Christ that we are saved and by God's power, the Holy Spirit, that we will ultimately be transformed into perfection. To make his point, Paul references Moses who had to put a veil on his face when he saw God. Jesus Christ, of course, removed that veil and without it, we as believers are now free ourselves to reflect more and more God's glory. Now, what is God's glory? Well, it's hard to describe, but essentially it is all that makes God good. <laughs> I love that. It's His holiness, His grace, His love, His perfection, His beauty. What we are talking about here is a gift from God through Jesus Christ. The most important part of our spiritual growth comes from God through Jesus Christ. All of us with unveiled faces seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror are being transformed into that same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. That's the NRSV version. But there is also that part for which we are responsible, and it's not just about memorizing this scripture or understanding more verses. It's that growing relationship that I like to talk about every day, stepping deeper into the Spirit-filled life of God, turning more away from sin and more toward God. We spend a lot of time at my church on spiritual growth. It's not enough to be content with knowing about God. We know the story. We know the scriptures. But we don't necessarily focus on getting to know God, which means we want to learn more about how to reflect God's light, God's goodness. We want to be closer and tighter with God. It's receiving more and more the pleasure of God's company. Theologian John Piper writes in his book, The Pleasures of God, What the world and the church need today more than anything else is to know and love God, the great, glorious, sovereign, happy God of the Bible. That's what got me when I read this text or when I read this uh, book. It was the notion of God as being happy. When was the last time you heard someone describe God as happy? Uh, Now, I'm not trying to limit God to one characteristic. God is way bigger than that. But I love the idea of happy. This divine love of which we speak and sing, of which our faith hinges, this love that will not let us go, must come out of something so beyond good, so beyond wonderful in in our terms or in our context, so beyond any kind of, of description that we can come up with, that it's amazing. Think of every word you can use to describe God, the giver of every good and perfect gift. That's what we long for. That's what we desire more of. And so this this idea of a happy God, oh my goodness, that's what I want. I want to be near a God of not just power and might, a God who is happy. Now that sounds a little corny, but that's the, the goodness of God. I'm so glad you're with us today. Here's a special invitation. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is marking 130 years of worshiping God and serving His people. And we want you to help us celebrate. Thursday, September 29th at Mosley's on the Charles in Dedham. For ticket information, log on to rpcat130.org. That's rpcat130.org. We'll see you September 29th. You know, I talk about a... A happy God, and and I know that that could you know have some people doubting it, but I really suggest you read John Piper because he does speak a lot about uh, this pleasure giving God. The reason sin appeals to us is that it offers us short term pleasure. That's why we like chocolate, alcohol. You know, most of your addictions are based on some kind of pleasure. Uh, the Bible calls it a pleasure of the season. And gives us the example of Moses who could have stayed in Pharaoh's court and enjoyed that kind of pleasure. But Moses knew his people needed something more. He needed something more and he was drawn to something more. God had placed eternity in his heart. Have you ever noticed that in some relationships, the more you know about the people, the more you regret? <laughs> I'm not just talking about marriages. I- I'm talking about all kinds of relationships. It starts out Uh, with a veneer, you know, everything is ice cream and cake. It's only later when the masks begin to fall away that you start seeing that person for who he or she really is, broken, wounded, flawed, fractured. That is the human condition because there's something missing in all of us. And when people fall in love, they say, you make me complete. That's not just a romantic phrase. That's the recognition that we are on our own, not all we should be. The problem is we wish that other person could make us complete, but in reality, who's capable of that? That other person is incomplete too. We are all incomplete without God. You see, this is the most important part of the message today. God is what makes us whole. Our relationship with God is never meant to be the story of a perfect God who who is leading permanently broken people. The benefit of our relationship with God is growth. We, we change. God changes us. Now, there's never a point on this side of glory where you're going to know everything you need to know and, and be perfect. God is too big, and we are too small. But we keep growing. We keep opening our heart to new discoveries about God. We keep learning. We become more whole. You see, the more you learn of God, The more you absorb and internalize the Word of God, the more confident you become in God, the more all-powerful, all-knowing, almighty, and glorious God becomes. But here's here's the key. God doesn't change. You change. God is responsible for that transformation. Every Sunday at Roxbury Presbyterian Church, we speak of worship and Bible study and prayer and all those wonderful activities that allow us to get to know God better. But what we need to think about is, is how we approach those activities. Because you can do worship, Bible study, and prayer all your life and still not know God. There is something in that term, behold. Behold. It is more than seeing. It is paying attention with intention. The biblical definition of attention is turning your ear toward, inclining toward, giving heed. (laughs) Attention is a deep listening skill because there's an intention to the attention. Let's go back to the story of Moses. Now, when Moses sees this burning bush, the text says in Exodus 3.3, Moses thought about it. Thinking means that he sees this burning bush and he ponders it. He considers it. He pays attention with intention. This was a deeper process. It wasn't just a matter of, of seeing with his eye. He he had his heart engaged in this. Exodus 3, 4, when the Lord saw that Moses had given this attention to the bush, God spoke. So Moses not only paid attention, he was intentional in seeking God and rewarded for that attention and intention. It, it's the determination to do something. It's stretching or even bending your mind in a specific direction with purpose. There is a discipline to attention. You have to be intentional about it. I know this is all getting caught up in words, but be intentional about your attention. You're not just hanging around. You're focused deeply on God. I would call it even reckless abandon to God, surrendering everything. And this is how the process of becoming what you behold begins. We become what we behold. Just like a child who, who loves her father so much that she wants to, to be like her daddy, and, and and 20 or 30, 40 years after he dies, she becomes a preacher. Just like Moses, who, who wanted to know who God was, that he that he focused intentionally with a lot of attention. We become what we behold. And that is how. We have this ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord. Thanks for joining me. Be blessed.
0: Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, Roxbury Presbyterian or call us at 617 445
1: 2116.